0: Hey guys and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week I'm joined by Janine Mercer of the Odd Entity Podcast. Now this chat is one for those who are not afraid of talking about the macabre, so we speak about like a wide variety of things, but this is a two-part chat, so part two will be out next week. But just in brief in part one, um, we talk about collecting artefacts, there's lots of tales and stories that Janine tells of cool and crazy stuff she's done, um, which are just really interesting and things. We talk about sort of paranormal stuff, we talk about germs and phobias and fears, so all those sort of things is what's covered in part one of this chat. And as mentioned, Janine is part of the Odd Entity podcast. Um, she's also a part of the up-and-coming The Vanishing Hitchhiker podcast. Um, and she also has a website where it's basically a quarterly literature newsletter, in for lack of a better word, called Corpus Review. Um, so I really recommend everyone checks those out. Those are all in the sort of descriptions below. And yeah, this is just a really fun, great chat. Now before we get started, there'll be a quick promo for the Witch Murderer podcast. Um, They're a part of the Brit pod scene, much like Genuine Chit Chat is, and it's basically true crime, but with a twist. There's not really much else to add, you'll hear it in the promo, so yeah, check those guys out. And that's just about it for me, guys, at the moment. Um, I'll be back at the end of the chat uh, just to talk about the usual sort of rambly nonsense, what's coming up, what I've got planned, blah, 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 if you're interested in that sort of tomfoolery. Um, But otherwise, you can follow me on social media, you know, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, generally more uh, active on Instagram. And if you like tortoise videos, I have a pet tortoise, and I usually post them as my story every (laughs) few days or so. So there's that to look forward to. Anyway, enough from me, guys. Um, As I say, I'll speak to you at the end of the podcast. And yeah, I hope you enjoy the chat with Janine Mercer.
1: Hi, I'm Holly. And I'm Gemma. And together we are the co-hosts of the
0: podcast Witch Murderer. Each week we discuss two murders and we try and focus more on the victim's perspective.
1: Oh my god, that's not who I thought was going to die. Let's <laughs> just blame it all on Tom Cruise. Yeah, And just math stumps me at every turn, <laughs> even in dismemberment. We all know she was cut in half. He had projectile pooped. Oh no! The entire room. Will they
0: ever get along? God damn it. Fucking get along eating ice cream cone. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to make so many enemies and I love it.
1: How many times do I have to say, if you're going to murder people, don't keep a fucking diary? diary. Don't keep a diary. I really didn't want to be frozen to death. When were you born, honey? No, I'm not telling you. I don't like the thought of somebody who's selling ice cream being that angry inside. And then we have ourselves a little debate at the end about which murderer we would want to kill us if we had to choose. If we had to choose. It's a game of which would you rather. Exactly. And if you fancy playing that
0: along with us, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. Uh, You can also listen to us on Audioboom and our website, witchmurderer.com.
1: And you can always get in contact with us at Twitter and Instagram at witchmurderer and also witchmurderer at gmail.com. So hopefully you'll be listening to us soon. Bye. Goodbye.
0: Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. And I am here with Janine Mercer. Janine, it's wonderful to have you on here. And obviously, you're the host of the Identity podcast. Um, There's an upcoming podcast as well that you're involved with. And you do the website, Corfus Review. So um, welcome to Genuine Chit Chat. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, thanks, Mike. I'm good. Thanks for having me.
0: No problem at all. Now your show, um, that the primary one at the moment that is uh, out on things, uh, Identity Podcast. What sort of things do you sort of talk about? So, like, what's a little bio almost of the show?
1: Um, oh gosh, I mean, it's really difficult to kind of put it in a few words.
0: It's a lot of variation, um, I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as many um,
0: words as you want. <laughs>
1: well, I mean the the Identity Podcast um, evolved from what was known as the Hauntheads Podcast, um, which was essentially Uh, a podcast for people who were into the creepy and the strange and the macabre. And then when my first co-host Mimi decided that she was going to be done with podcasting, I decided that with my second co-host, we were going to kind of work through that and rebrand a little bit Mm -hmm. because I was not only like, we weren't only just addressing, you know, haunted places and whatever. We were also addressing the, the weird stuff, the creepy Mm. stuff, the, you know, like, immurement for example you know the process of being walled up alive. Oh, okay.
0: yeah um, well, that's very interesting yeah
1: i mean but that's not paranormal so no no, no of course so we realized strange okay. things yeah right yeah so it's it's adjacent mm. <laughs> so we were kind of trying to incorporate a lot of different things into what we were doing um mm. and we came up with the identity podcast because i mean we're talking about the odd and the strange but we and ourselves were odd and strange (laughs) so it was just two odd people talking about odd things and then it kind of sort of came together um Mm. but yeah i mean it you know we we talk about anything from haunted places to serial killers to um like i said random random practices like immurement or safety coffins or i did a piece about uh Lan Canu de la Seine, uh, the Unknown Woman of the Seine, or the face of um, CPR Annie. Oh, okay, like right, One yeah. of the most, she's called the most the one of the most kissed faces in the world. Oh, okay. Um, because that that mask is, I mean, that's what they use for all the CPR dummies.
0: Mm, um, I see.
1: But yeah, I mean, there there's just, I mean, we talk about anything and everything, so it's really just a haven for people who are odd in themselves or enjoy odd things. I guess is appropriate.
0: I think that's going to be uh, great for a lot of my audience because um, yeah, there's, I've had a lot of uh, interesting people on. Uh, I mean, that's the whole kind of point. I don't uh, yeah. mind if someone is, in air quotes, weird. It's just like I've one consistent thing, you know, two consistent things throughout my entire life is that I've been told that I talk too much uh, and that I'm weird. That's just the two straight <laughs> off the bat. And, you know, I've even grown my I grow facial hair. My mustache is blonde. So even my own facial oh, hair yes, is immediately yeah, is. like, yeah, I'm like 25. And mm. It's like blonde there and completely dark <laughs> down there. And it's like, I have had people come up to me when I'm out and be like, do you bleach your moustache? It's like, why would I just bleach the moustache out have every, what? No, but it's like that little tiny, is something I do not control in any way, shape or form, just the pigmentation of the color of my hairs immediately makes me just only obviously, have seen the last, you know, several years. i have been growing facial hair. Okay. God, knows I tried a lot longer than that. But um, it's before I just this horrible little goatee in college for ages. It was terrible. But um, yeah, when I finally grow this, and it's like, oh, that's one tiny little weird thing. And yeah. I always find that weird is just another word for different. And I I don't mm. find that weird is a has a negative mm. connotation to it. You know, what I mean, obviously you clearly don't because that's a part of the bio. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, right. I mean, and and you know, I think that that was a big thing too. Like I've always been that person like that mm. weird person like i know that the audience can't see right now but i mean you know behind me i have taxidermy I and circus memorabilia and on the other wall there's just like a bunch of like nerdy collectible stuff like funko
0: pop love it i this, heard you talking about I mean, that before <laughs>
1: yeah right i mean it's they should be paying me for how much i'm buying um <laughs> but like behind me i have um a collection of like poison bottle labels from like the 1800s so like i i I come upon all this weird stuff and I'm like, I'm weird. This is weird too. Great. Let's put it in a room. And my wife is really funny. She's like, that's fine. If you keep it in the room, then <laughs> you can keep it. But if it goes anywhere else, then forget it. It's gone. So. Oh, that's um, amazing.
0: But, I've got a loads of little knickknacks myself as well with, um, there's yeah. not, not I, I just like, um, I do, this is a, a, a peculiar thing that I do, but I find that other people do this sort of thing as well in some places. Um, when I go traveling and things, uh, often I like to go to like a, a beach or something and find like a little just a rock that I just like, you know what I mean? And just bring that back from uh, things. And when I was younger, I used to like finding keys. I, I find it's like there's mm. a, a sl- slight magic in yep. when you're younger, you find a key and you're like, what could this be for? Like mm. any door in this whole city, if not right. anywhere else. And it's like I used to let my imagination sort of run away with me. And I have got these really old, I've got this really rusty old flat key that's just it couldn't be used to anything now at all. You try and put it in a lock, it would just snap. But it's like it's right. just so cool to have, you know, that I love those little collectible things. I mean, where do you get some of the uh the objects of your uh the room, I suppose?
1: Um, oh gosh. I mean, I you know, I, I've done a little bit of traveling. I haven't done a ton of traveling. Um, but like for example, when I went to um Rome. Uh, I was in Italy for a while on a um, Franciscan pilgrimage, which left me feeling more like a Satanist than I have been in my entire life, but that's a (laughs) different story. Um, But in this little tiny shop in um, the piazza in front of the temple of, um, it's, it's called the temple of Minerva, but it's not, it's in Assisi, Italy. It's actually the temple of Castor and Pollux. Mm, Um, But there was this tiny little shop there. This, this tiny little man was like three and a half feet tall. <laughs> and he was selling all these little knickknacks and on one of the shelves was this little um, it was like a roman like war helmet like mm. the classic war helmet
0: yeah 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 that's awesome
1: and i was like that's really cool because i'd been you know i'm i'm a writer and i'm a poet so i spent the bulk of my time when i was in italy just writing poetry just generating mm. it and when i saw that little knickknack on the shelf i was like i just finished writing a poem about how the streets ran red with blood during you know what during the wars and you yeah. know whatever and all of these cobblestones have kind of been steeped in this ancient history and i was like that is the perfect and, and it's not creepy it's not weird no it's it was, amazing it was the perfect artifact for me to bring back and i think that that's a big part of why i collect and why i'm attracted to certain things mm. um because when you collect artifacts you're basically it's almost like you're building your own story
0: Mm, that's because right long
1: it. after I'm gone there will be a story granted it will just be contained in this room <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean let's be honest but you know it people can come to this place and be like oh she was interested in this or she found this here or you know I mean it's it's very much being it's like it's like feeling connected mm, to the places yeah. that you've been in, and also anchored in the place that you are Because I can go to any place in this room and pick something up and be like, oh, yeah, I remember I went there, whatever, and visit that place again, but still be stationary. So I I don't know. I just kind of, I like collecting little weird knickknacks. I got um, a little uh, stone from, you were talking about stones before. Um, I got a little stone from uh, Zunantinich.
0: I'm not sure where that Um, is.
1: That's in Belize in Central America.
0: Right. Okay, cool. Um,
1: so I spent, I think it was a little over a week um, in Belize on a service trip. Uh, we went there to bring some copies of the children's book to some of the kids down there in the schools. And then we also helped to paint some of the school rooms. And also we helped at the Belize Zoo to do some painting there. Um, but I, I went to Zunantinich with a larger group and it's a large Mayan temple. Oh, Okay. What? It's just as oh, it's an amazing structure. It's so fantastic, and it's surrounded by allspice trees. Okay, which you you can pick the leaves off the allspice trees and rub them between your hands, and get the smell of the allspice. It's very pungent.
0: Oh, that's awesome! It's
1: got a very yeah, it's got a very unique smell, and I mean, all of this you know ancient structure just around you. It's it's just insane, and then guys with semi-automatic weapons um, who are preventing you from taking anything. <laughs> Mm, I see. In that place. So I picked up a little stone as I was leaving, nice. <laughs> not from the actual like you know Mayan temple. It's not illegal it's still- i did
0: something very very similar i went to uh for the first i've been um obviously england's inside of europe and i've been around europe quite a, a bit in my uh life my, i was quite lucky my parents took me around but i'd never been outside of europe until this year well i went to um i went to italy this year funnily enough as well um nice. and also uh i went to chichen Itza well i went to mexico and in mexico i saw oh, chichen itza yeah and obviously mine as well and things mm. and yeah i went around that and obviously i didn't take a a bit of rubble from the actual yeah, right. the, the pyramid itself <laughs> i just take a big block home but, um, <laughs> i didn't i just around the grounds of just it's like a bit of history isn't it, it it's you can when you're is. around places like that you can you, as you say it's it's a connection of mm. you, you kind of get the two sides of the coin of the memory almost when you pick up something from where you've been you're like well this is a reflection of where i've been what i like the sort of mm-hmm. aesthetics of it as well but also when you as you say you go to it you kind of remember the other side of it that the memory of where it was and how you got right. to it and that sort of thing
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, there's well, so I mean many cool things of like that footsteps that have traversed
0: mm. that particular
1: patch of millions, land
0: millions millions
1: i mean yeah there's no i mean there's no tchotchke that you can find in a shop that's going to have that sort of energy and like that's mm. i think that's another thing that i'm attracted to is the energy of certain objects mm. um I have uh, an old straight razor that belonged to my wife's, I believe it was her great grandfather.
0: Okay. Um, right, That's interesting. But he,
1: he must, we also have his glasses and like a set of keys hmm. and some sort of a, um, a stamp or something for letters. Um, but I mean, when you, when you hold those things in your hands, I mean, he must've shaved with that straight razor thousands of times, hmm. you know, but the energy that's connected to that one little piece I mean, I never met the man, I never knew the man, but when you look at that piece and you see the wear on the handle, you can just tell that that was a valued possession and it was used thousands of times. And, you know, now it's, now it's a part of, part of my collection and it's a part of my artifacts or my life, you know, it's,
0: it's just kind of cool. I've got something uh, it's slightly different it's not quite as used but um essentially um most of my listeners know this by now already but uh, my dad passed away six years ago uh, now okay. and um he uh, always wore I, I usually wear it my necks, playing up a little bit on my neck um so I took it off but um I normally wear a Saint Christopher pendant, you know, the, the little uh, coin thing with yes. uh, Saint Christopher. We, yeah. I think Jesus is on his back. He, um, it's a good luck charm thing. I'm not a religious individual, um, but he always wore one. Um, and I remember one time uh, we went to, when I was like ten, we went to France, and he didn't wear it. And I remember being like, Dad, why didn't you wear that thing? And he, he wasn't religious either. It was just like a good luck charm. And I was like, Why didn't you wear the thing? He's like, Oh, I just forgot to. You know, I took it off of this. I uh, forgot to put it back on. And then a car broke down, by the border. And I was like. <laughs> that that, I was like that um, little luck thing and then (laughs) my dad then bought me for the following Christmas my own one and then I've and since he passed away I've now got his one which I'm going to give to sort of my and I'm hoping to kind of do a little thing like even if they don't wear it all the time if they've got that thing you know if I buy my kid one and then I can buy my kid one and then it'll be three going around the generations or that sort of thing it's just an item an artifact something Mm. that's one of the most exciting things about going to museums is human history and seeing some of the artifacts that are so many so old you see things that are human and also as you say like when you see rocks and things like there are certain stones here that have been around for longer than people have Mm -hmm. it's like what (laughs) (laughs) it's mental
1: well and that was, I mean, when I was in Italy, um, because I was there on a on a pilgrimage, I was there with um, a Franciscan uh group, um, which the I mean that they were capuchins, so essentially Christians. Hmm. Um, but they they made such a big deal out of us not taking anything. Hmm. Like rocks or like we did this whole thing where we went up to the highest point in Assisi in Italy, and we were each to take a rock. And carry that rock back down. And then we took it into like this little prayer circle or whatever. And then we were told that we had to leave the rock there because it was not our rock. Hmm. And for me, I mean, I was like, well, first off, I'm the only child. So I'm a little spoiled.
0: <laughs> Same. Just, a little,
1: just a little bit, like a healthy amount spoiled. Um, so I was like, well, but I put all this work into it to getting this rock back and I mean it wasn't a small rock. it wasn't a big ride didn't like pick up a boulder or anything and carry it (laughs) down with me but I was still like okay you know I I did the work I put the effort in I brought this back you know whatever and one of the monks was like well no because you didn't create that rock first Hmm. and I was like okay well I understand that I didn't I I don't have the ability to create (laughs) rocks but at the same time like this was a memorable experience for me. And because I'm so connected to artifacts, I thought, well, I'll take that home. I'll put it on my desk. You know, it'll be a reminder of this time that it was a, I mean, it was a beautiful night. It was an, an amazing hike hmm. um, because the tallest point in a Sizzy is, I mean, that's, it's a waste <laughs> and I am not in the best of shape. So for me to get up there in the first place with like asthma and, you know, anxiety and whatever, I mean that was an effort for me and they were just like, No, you know, you have to you have to leave it there. We'll bring them back in the morning and I'm like, All right, I guess so. <laughs> but it never really ask, made you, much sense to me.
0: Yeah. Did you end up sneakily grabbing a rock or did you leave them all be?
1: Um, I actually left them there.
0: You did. You respected what they yeah. asked of you.
1: Well, I was I was basically like shamed into <laughs> just giving up your rock there. I was like, I well, I mean, I don't want people to think that I'm like this horrible person who's gonna like steal a rock or whatever. From <laughs> just come this over collection. to collection
0: native land and stealing people's right? rocks.
1: <laughs> in the hostel just creep down there at like three o'clock in the morning and abduct a rock from this pile and bring it back to the States. Like, no, you know.
0: Bring but, back that as contraband. Yeah, that's one right. of the things people smoke across the border. It's like, what is she bringing across? Is she brought a yeah. rock, not the rock.
1: No. Well, you know what I did manage to get across? Ooh. Um, They have a salami there. They have um, all of these little uh, vino and formaggio and salumi bars just mm. all around um, um, Trevi Fountain. And so you can take your picture at Trevi Fountain and then you can go and sit in the bars mm. and have like different kinds of sal- salami and, and wine and cheese. And so I went in there and I'm looking around and there's all these salamis hanging from the ceiling and they're round and they're attached by like a string and they're thrown over like the rafters. and they mm. look like testicles. <laughs> so I'm like, what are they selling salami or giant testicles? Like what is this? So I go up and you b- broken English, broken Italian ask him Quantacosto, salumi salumi and i'm pointing up at the rafters and he's like oh donkey balls and oh, i wow. said donkey balls did you just say that in english <laughs> like plain english and he was like oh yeah yeah donkey balls and so i i bought donkey balls and smuggled them back in my suitcase
0: that is an incredible thing that should be on some sort of t-shirt <laughs> or something that you smuggled donkey balls back in your suitcase that I is
1: smuggled, yeah, yeah yeah that
0: Wow, I can't say I've ever smuggled anything that across. <laughs> I, I don't think i have even come to contact with any uh, animal's testicles in any form. I haven't eaten anything that exotic or. Uh, I mean, I like I like different meats and things, you know, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But how, 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 I assume you ate it. How, how was it?
1: Oh, it was very good. Very, mm. very good. And we had it for, I mean, it's dried. So, I mean, you can shave off however much you want. And I mean, we had it for like a month and a half.
0: Oh, I see. Um, okay. But it was
1: fantastic. And the funniest part of that entire story. Is as I was coming back through the um, the airport in I believe it was Pennsylvania, um, they had a dog there that was sniffing for contraband, <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's gonna they're gonna catch me that you know that they're gonna take my donkey balls whatever, <laughs> and the dog. So there was another girl who went with me on the trip. There were several other people that went with me, but this one girl um, who was heading back the same way that I was had a banana in her bag and the dog tagged on the banana <laughs> and so he was preoccupied and so I managed to smuggle in my donkey balls
0: that is incredible the banana and the yeah. balls it's amazing as well because the imagery that goes along with those two different objects well, is like I mean what was what uh, <laughs> was causing you distraction that way the other, the other way right but- yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah pay no attention yeah. to that man behind the curtain
0: <laughs> that's a good uh, throwing off technique well, that's how you know now if you ever want to smuggle anything else through customs just take a banana as well
1: well have a fun. friend act as a decoy and yeah. be like yeah this is the, I, I'm sorry I brought a banana and I shouldn't have and she had to go in a separate line and every it was a big she had to declare her banana oh wow Yeah,
0: I felt like I almost would have wanted to just eaten it there but I suppose you still have the skin <laughs> so you still kind of like <laughs> I Guess I can't right. Really. I
1: mean you have to declare the skin yeah I don't know
0: I mean, bananas are fairly good, but they're not like they're not like that. <laughs> it was like, do you want to wait extra half hour in the queue? It's like, not really. It's just a banana. I can probably go around the corner and just get another one like outside right. there. Yeah, yeah. That's a very interesting <laughs> fruit to go. Well, what sort of um, on on the subject? Sort of uh, looping back to a degree of um, like sort of your podcast and sort of the strange things focus. Like, yeah. With have you been to any sort of locations that you find are strange? I'll, I'll quickly say because in in England, obviously, we have a lot of. Um, incredibly old buildings and things obviously castles and like, mm. etc you know the civilizations have been here for thousands of years yeah. um so when i love going to museums and i love going to old castles and i love going to museums within castles that's the jackpot and uh, just having all all of the old things and stuff like that but obviously america for the most part is a lot younger apart from the obviously sort of the mines and things uh, like that yeah. what are the sort of middle not quite middle ground but the the older parts of america uh sort of that you've been to that you enjoy like are there any old houses or sort of uh towns even that are quite still have that vibe
1: um well i remember when i was i think it was like 12 or 13 years old um i wound up taking a trip with my grandparents to a place called um belle isle which is in in newfoundland where i grew up hmm. um and they had uh, a huge iron ore mine there was like I think there was like three or four mines in one place and one oh, of the right. mines was open so that you could actually go down into it so you you went there and you paid your money and then somebody took you down and you got the opportunity to mine well get some ore you, yeah you, well it was it, i mean it was coal but okay you, you still got yeah still amazing. I mean, you still got the you know little pick and you got to pick and actually my grandparents still have the little baggie that i got oh
0: that's so cool um
1: But yeah, it's, it's like this huge mine. There was like 40, 50 people there. You take a ferry across there and, you know, you, you go into kind of this, this really old, I mean, it feels old. I suppose it's not super old, but, um, there's something about the fact that, you know, all these people went down underground to, to mine this valuable resource. And a lot of them lost their lives. Mm, Um, and it's considered to be very haunted. Right. Um, And it's really interesting, actually, because as somebody who believes in the paranormal, but also has a healthy level of skepticism, because I Mm. think it's important that you have a healthy level of skepticism. Otherwise, you just believe anything that anybody (laughs) tells you and you're just I mean, what's the use, you know, but. I mean, I, I remember going down into that mine and like it's pitch black and there's just a guy leading you with a lantern and. I mean, this was in the '90s, so you know they weren't really concerned about. Well, but what if people slip and die and fall into a hole? <laughs> it was just like this is tourism. Um, so I mean, we we went there for several summers because there wasn't really a whole lot to do on the mm-hmm. island when I I mean, and I was a teenager, so I wanted to do other things that did not involve my family. <laughs> but I remember uh, one time we went there. Uh, it was late in the summer; they were just getting ready to close, and We were down, oh god, I don't even remember how many like, like 150 feet, or something like that. Which is it's creepy, Mm. um, because there's nothing there's nothing around Mm. you except all of these other people also shivering in the dark, and just out of nowhere, I kind of felt like a little push, Mm. like somebody had like tapped me on the shoulder or something, and looked around. There was nobody around me and everybody was kind of progressing further and my grandparents were yelling at me because I was taking my time. <laughs> and as I get further and further and further down into the mine, I start to hear like little whispers, not like full fledged voices, but like little whispers hmm. um, and could make out what they were saying, had no idea. Um, assumed it was just the, the echoes of like voices ricocheting off the walls. Cause it's kind of a weird place. Hmm. Um but I think that that was probably like my first experience with a place that I think is haunted, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I mean, years later, there's still, I, I'm also one of those people that um, I don't know if I get attached to ghosts or ghosts get attached to me, <laughs> but um, there is absolutely a minor that I see in my house now. All right. I've seen for years that has like the full, like the wide brim mining hat with the big lamp on the front that they had to, they had to light, you know, with mm-hmm. the actual flame on it. Yeah. And he wanders around my house now. And he's been with me for years. I don't, I mean, I'm in Milwaukee now. <laughs> there are no mining, <laughs> you know, uh there, there's no mining happening here because Milwaukee is built on a swamp.
0: Mm, I so see.
1: It's like, where does he come from? Well, I mean, there's only one place that he could have come from. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I mean, I, I consider that place to be probably one of the places that introduced me to the paranormal and introduced me to the idea that we're not alone here. Hmm. You know, like there's something there's something more, whether you see it, you know, on on the level that you are in some way, or you can see it beyond that. I feel like there's definitely, you know, there's there's something going on for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, with with my sort of personal opinion on it, um, I'm not sure if, if I've discussed it in the podcast or not, especially, is I used to be, it's quite strange, I used to be really, really into the paranormal things when I was uh, more young, when I was in secondary school, which was between the age of 10 and 16. I used to read a lot of the books about, I used to read about aliens and things, which we can get on at another point in this conversation potentially, but um, with ghosts and things, I used to read quite a lot about ghosts and I got really into it. And then, around my teenage sort of uh mid-teenage years and things i became a lot more um i was becoming more of an atheist as well so i was like yeah. a lot more hardline against religion and then i kind of said no to all the to to quote it like it was like woo woo is the way i would have almost phrased it <laughs> you know sort of anything that isn't strictly 100 percent scientifically proven is completely wrong sure. in any way shape or form and it's like i don't believe that now but that mindset and from then i've kind of slowly progressed away from that hardline no and i read a book actually um called uh something funny happened on the way to heaven i think it's called and it's by a gentleman called Corey taylor and um, he's the lead singer and vocalist of a band called slipknot they're a very big metal band oh, yeah. um and um he's also a singer of stone sour and he's written a couple of other books um, he's written about religion these these sort of things he's an atheist and he says that he has had paranormal activities and he says he knows how crazy it sounds but he's, ex- he's experienced ghosts and things and when i first read that which is years ago now um i was like okay well I respect this guy's opinion when it comes to his previous book was about religion and sort of the atheistic uh, mindset and things, etc. And I was like, okay, but he believes that. And he's he actually tries to explain it in his own kind of way. He rationalizes it, which is um, everyone's a bit, everyone's alive, has got energy going through them and things. That's how people are. Uh, maybe when you die, a sort of imprint or uh, capturing of that energy potentially gets formed in some other way you know it energy can't ever be destroyed it you know only ever redirects only ever transfers so it's right. like well if you know i'm not necessarily saying this is something i completely believe but i don't not believe i'm kind of like if i experienced it maybe that would explain it more but it's like you know if you die and you just a part of your energy that the amount of energy that you've got just disperses and a tiny part of it gets connected to one part of your psyche which is just how you remember yourself looking or something and that can just do a degree of astral projection for a certain amount of time or when certain people see it at certain times any sort of thing that could create the right atmosphere for it and the imprint and that could then go from there i mean what are even when you tell people about like memories and things and stuff memories are just energy stored in very complicated and strange organic pathways and things right so when you get deeper into this sort of line of thinking that I'm going down is obviously with the paranormal, is even with a, with a scientific mind purely trying to be rational about it. And then you go down the, well, it is energy and the laws of thermodynamics and things like that. And we don't we can't see all of the light spectrum. You know, that's very clear. You know, we can't see ultraviolet light. You know, we can't hear everything. Dog whistles, for example. So there's right. obviously levels of reality that we can't fully experience. And obviously, what, if blind animals are born blind, what is it like for them not to see? Well, they could never understand what seeing is. They sense with other things. There's right. many senses that we wouldn't have, or don't have, or may not know we have. So when I go deeper into that sort of line of thinking, I become less of a skeptic and more of a sort of, I, I'm very interested by it. I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily subscribing to it being true or false in my mind necessarily. It's more just at the very least it's a perspective of, of what someone experienced at that time and I'm not right. dis- I do not disbelieve that you see the minor, whether or not I believe it is directly because of that person passing away. if it was the energy of the caves, it maybe was something else you know what I mean any different of these things could be something but however one even has a perception on their own reality and their life's own meaning that's a big whole you know that's a big thing about perspective this experience of yours is a perspective of what you saw and that's very interesting to me and i i like hearing what well, i like about your podcast and on one of the some of the episodes that i listen to i really like the fact that it's not just as you stated at the start of this oh everything it's it, everything's right. you know every ghost you've ever seen is completely 100% there every place you go it's it's more of a kind of i either i felt this thing or saw this thing or this thing sort of happened and then you look into it you go into sort of the research from the times you go into what people said about it after that and you you really do flush out some of the ideas about it being a more you know i don't want to say rational because that makes it sound like a patronizing but you know what i mean that's sort of more um scientific view on it and i I really like what you've what you do with that in your show
1: yeah yeah i mean like i said before it's i i feel it is very important to have A level of healthy skepticism Um, and as far as um, you know haunted haunted locations and and seeing ghosts and planes and I mean it just it gets very complicated and and very strange very quickly Hmm. Um, but when I'm trying to explain to people kind of what I'm seeing or what I'm feeling in any given situation um, I usually use the uh, movie mirrors as an example right I don't know if you've ever seen, have you seen the movie I'm with a, Hebert Sutherland?
0: No, I'm afraid I haven't actually seen that no, film. Okay. It's, bad, it's quite a movie buff and I haven't seen that. I do apologize. <laughs>
1: no, it's fine. I mean, it's it's not the best movie. You're not missing a ton. Um, <laughs> but there's this, this idea that we exist on one side of the mirror and they, um, quote unquote, they, hmm. these otherworldly creatures, beings, demons, ghosts, what, you know, whatever you want to call them, exist on the opposite side of the mirror. Um and kind of the cool thing that they do in that movie is everything is backwards on the other side of the mirror. So it's kind of I mean it's kind of a kitschy way to you know explain it away. But um I like that idea that there's a separation between Mm. it. Um and some people can see into that mirror and see the flipped image and some people look into that mirror and just see a mirror Mm. or just see their own reflection. And it has nothing to do with like your level of self-absorbance or, you know, what have you. It, it just has, it has everything to do with, like you said, perspective and kind of where you were when it happened and this is what it was like. And this is, you know, and that was your experience. Um, And I think that that's kind of one of the, one of the beautiful things about human beings is the fact that we have so many different experiences, but we perceive them in so many different ways. I think that's always that's always a very cool idea, a very cool concept to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, all life, I believe, kind of is is just one's own perspective on you know Mm -hmm. the Earth is spinning, you know, millions upon billions of different things are happening with nature, with the planet, with each other, and all life is is just your one's quite narrow view of x amount of time as a perception of where it kind of is going, and then that's kind of what it is mainly is, is. Life is all about the moments and the experiences. And with, with those perceptions and things it's it is very interesting that sort of idea of of the the mirror realm or, or the sort of that shift because it's also mm-hmm. you know I have I want to clarify before saying this I haven't done what I'm about to say but there's a drug called DMT which people speak of okay. and they say they take it and they go into this other realm and these beings and there's this strange thing that um, a huge amount of people who do it explain the same sort of thing okay and it's like some people who've gone through intense meditation and gone through sort of you know an incredible amount of time learning to do these things and doing it for hours and hours and hours a day have been able to get to the same states that one could get to from doing dmt it's quite rare but that sort of idea right and they speak to these sort of beings on the other side of things and once again i have not experienced this this is what people have said but it's like even there's quite a few connections even if one doesn't subscribe to the idea that there is uh, another realm that we can't see or can't perceive or can't feel or is on sort of there's a barrier there's a separation between us and this thing is that there are some even if one wouldn't agree that that is happening you one can't deny that the fact that there are so many connections there are so many right. places in religion and history and all kinds of other places where there's other realms that's a very common thing through the history of human myth- mythos and other things in in very a lot of things i say
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um, The fact that, you know, I can, I can kind of sit in my bedroom and look out into the hall and see something peeking around the corner. I mean, people might think that that's just insane, you know, like what, well, you should try to get your medication adjusted because obviously there's something else going on there. And although I understand that you know, schizophrenia is a very real thing and people do suffer from that and people do see and hear voices. Um, There is also a a huge community out there that will absolutely back up what I'm saying and have had these experiences. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's not just me being crazy and, you know, whatever. And I think that's kind of the great thing about, you know, the, um, the whole podcasting craze you know, everybody's just kind of going nuts about that. And, you know, well, everybody has a podcast now, you know, mm. and everybody wants to tell what their version of the world is or how they see it. Um, and I mean, whether or not people are interested in what I have to say or, you know, whatever, <laughs> or ever. I feel the same. <laughs> um, I always joke on my podcast that we have like three fans. So hello to the three fans. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just, you know, you you want to put that information out there because you want to find like-minded people have also had those experiences and i've had so many experiences like that that i just can't explain that have freaked me out to no end that i still haven't come to terms with but i mean that's just the world as i see it and the world as it is to me you know Mm. and it might be completely different to you but yeah it's just
0: yeah well people see through like one idea that i've uh, thought about i don't know if it's been disproven scientifically or not but it's still a nice idea is um when you can see in like when you look at the color yellow you but you and I both look at something that is yellow we, we've both been told our entire lives that it's yellow but you don't know if you're seeing my version of the color blue but you've been right. everybody's been pointing at that for the whole time saying it's yellow just mm-hmm. like you see what I mean like that sort of thing so in that idea you could think of okay maybe that's a part obviously we know that different people see different versions of the light spectrum uh, mm-hmm. in a sense you know can see different lights uh there's one woman I think who can you can see different colors to anyone else that uh that we know of Oh um and it's it's all these crazy things that people can do and it's like there is so much that we we can't actually see or experience and things yeah and these minor everyone is different like i'm you know i have eczema and i'm allergic to pollen and things and blueberries randomly for some reason so it's like (laughs) certain things like but my mum isn't and my dad wasn't and all these you know there's loads of people who are and are not and things like that and it's like well they have everyone's different even though we're biologically sort of you know physically the same in air quotes but it's like we have so many little tiny odd tweaks and differences how many of those can one not measure at the moment like you being able to see you know being able to see other things people can't see it's like obviously there's the two sides of the coin it's it could Mm -hmm. be either you are seeing things that aren't there or you're seeing things that other people cannot perceive and there's not really i can't explicitly prove one way or the other and i find that when people so so shutting things down so much you know there's so much like nope that couldn't be, possibly be anything other than that. it's like even if you don't fully subscribe to it it's nice to hear about what the, the experience is it doesn't take away from that if you don't fully necessarily believe that you know if someone experiences something not everyone who goes out for the walk in the woods is going to have the same experience some people right. are going to hate it my mum that's not like camping or anything like that. I love it. You know, right. it doesn't mean camping's bad. It doesn't mean that I can't tell my mum about the fun I had camping. My mum could tell me the fun that she had staying in a hotel or something. But it's, right. you know what I mean? And so that's what, one of the things that I like about, no. as you say, with the podcasting world, it's having a lot more people being free and uncensored and being able to kind of say these things they want. But obviously, if, if you or I, for example, try to pitch our podcast to a tv network there is no way Forget at the it. current level no. that we'd get even close to it but because we've done this and we've gone you know we're going to do it off our own back we're just going to record things and put them online regardless of how many or um people are listening or anything like that it's just connecting with people and us you and i right. having this conversation like if i stop podcasting tomorrow it's the amount of conversations i've had that are just really cool and they have right. fun memories from it makes it worth it and i'm sure you feel similarly
1: yeah yeah i mean i you know for for some reason, I've connected with um, a lot of people who have, I mean, I, I guess I can't really say for some reason, because obviously I have a certain demographic and, you know, I attract odd people and am odd in myself. Um, but I came upon this, this one other person who wrote me a message because I'd passed comment on a past podcast um, that I, for whatever reason, I don't know why this is. But if I look at a number, it is automatically associated with a color. Okay. So, like, the number five is always yellow. The number four is always purple. The number six is always orange. The number Mm -hmm. two is always black. Like, and for whatever reason, I've just always seen those colors when I've seen those numbers. Hmm. And so this person wrote me and was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that there's another person in the world that actually sees colors as associated to numbers And I was like, yeah, you know like ever since I was a really little kid I've been like, oh yeah, you know the number five is always yellow and <laughs> just and That's even amazing. when I was numbering like um, you'll get this reference because you know you're you're in the UK but um, you know the exercise books, that they call them notebooks here in the yep. U.S. and it's it's a bastardization in my opinion. But um, the exercise books that we used to have to cut in half for like elementary school programs um, used to have to number them for different subjects. Mm. And my art notebook was always the fifth notebook, and it was always yellow. And if it was not yellow, then I like I'd be so anxious about it because it doesn't match. And this person was just like, yeah, you know, just thank you so much for saying that that is actually a thing. And somebody else actually experiences it. Because for years, her husband had just been like, what is the matter with you? Why do you think this? And I mean, I just, I got on the podcast one day and it was just a passing. I mean, like two seconds, literally. Like the number five is always yellow. And we moved on to something else and then she wrote me this big long email it was like a page and a half email and i was like that's insane but that is amazing i mean that's part of it you know is connecting to other people and i mean maybe not necessarily figuring out that they're just as odd as you are but you know (laughs) figuring out that you have similar things in common and you know what have you so
0: yeah i think that's it's incredible i mean i'd not thought of that sort of thing but yeah association with you yeah, know, people have associations with all kinds of things. You know, I mean, the, the big experiment of Pavlov's dog, obviously, you ring the mm-hmm. bell and he has food and then you ring the bell and no food and he salivates anyway. It, it's, that's not quite the same thing, but it's a sort of association in, in, a, in right. a sense can be brought together by, uh, certain things. And, you know, some people do have strong, associations with certain colors There's just, obviously some people just have a favorite color and it's like it's quite when you think about it being a person like obviously you can try and track down a lot of our behavior to sort of social standings and you know like um you know a lot of it is sort of power money uh, sort of um how high on the sexual hierarchy all these sorts of you know complicated things i'm not necessarily going into but th- so social status a lot of it mm. A lot of those things you can go down to, like, you know, evolutionarily or with Darwinianism or any sort of other psychology, any any sort of these things you can look into with a certain lens. Right. But then when you look at why do people have favorite colors, (laughs)
1: it's
0: not really necessarily a reason. Maybe I'm being quite shallow-minded, but I'm just like, maybe there isn't just a reason. And I think that with humans, one of the most fun things uh, about us is just these all, as you kind of touched upon earlier, these little weird differences about all of us that are just... Yep. In- inexplicable why do you see things in those colors well i don't know why it's, it's just something that you that is your part of your experience and i wonder how many people's perceptions of things would be so intriguing and different if everyone could kind of be fully open and share 100 if you know what i mean of, of what they're
1: seeing right well and it makes me wonder too i mean there are so many different you know i mean there's a word for everything now like, yeah. you know, you, you have this affliction, oh, well that's this, or, you know, mm. you have this experience, oh, that's that. But I mean like those people who, you know, can't look at a pomegranate without freaking out because it has all these little holes in it. I used to have that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> you can't, you can't look down into the plug hole without having the heebie jeebies because mm. that's, that's a drain for American listeners. <laughs> anyway, whatever. <Psh>. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you know, you see all of these little, you know, concentric holes and they're all the same size and it's just, it makes you very unnerved. But I mean, there's so many people that have that experience and they don't know why they've just always had it and it might last. It might not. I'm assuming that you no, no longer have this
0: i try, i kind of push myself <laughs> i used to see i, I saw it a lot of my friend used to always send me photos of you know people's hands they've uh, photoshopped with loads of holes in and there's oh plants God. that are like super zoomed in of the <laughs> holes used to send me that quite a lot and eventually i just like you know what i can't i can't have this so yeah, i used to right. but occasionally randomly i'll just be doing something and then i'll see something like violently like a flash image of it and yeah. I'm like, oh, i don't want to yeah. see that but I'm, I'm generally okay with it now
1: yeah i mean i i've had friends that um you know they they put their hand down on something that has a lot of even like like a chain or something and they'll mm. pick their hand up after a while and realize that that's happened and just lose their minds oh wow because it's on them now <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like i i just don't yeah
0: i think i it. like one of my biggest fears uh is you know with with there's realistic fears, which is me being dropped in the middle of the ocean and just left there. Like, that's a biggest realistic, that's a weird quotes, realistic fear. When I think of, like, crazy, like, fun, not fun, that sounded really bad, but, you know, like... (laughs) if you want to go into some of these worlds where like superheroes are a thing or like this crazy stuff happened, like I don't want mm. there to be a zombie apocalypse, but there was a part of me at some point, you know, when I was watching a walking dead a lot and watching all the zombie movies and when that was a big thing, I was a part of me was like, because I was a teenager, or two, I'd be like, it's kind of cool if there'd be a zombie apocalypse, would not there? Cause I'd clearly survive. I probably wouldn't, but like all these, you know, sometimes you just want that extra bit of speciality, that sort of the flair in sort of, of the universe. And one of the things I've thought of is if, Zombification or anything like that came to be, it would be one of those horrible things to experience. Like feeling your body not become you anymore, being like infected by something sort of right. crazy like that. Like I think that's probably almost completely off topic. Well, it, there's no topics here, but you know, it's uh exactly. It's just bouncing to and from. But like th- that, that's what made me think of like having you know, you've seen a lot of I watched a lot of zombie films, horror films, etc. You know, someone gets infection there, and it starts just like slowly spread over them and things. It's like that is. One of my biggest things that gives me the the heebie jeebies in the in the, in the right. way of putting it. What about yourself? Do you have any sort of horrendous, crazy, weird fears? That sounds like I'm going to come to your house and force you to do. Um, if you have a fear of spiders, <laughs> I'm going to flood your room with spiders. No,
1: I mean i I have a lot of a lot of similar fears. To I mean, I never learned how to swim, so okay, I'm interesting. Drowning, my dad swim. Hmm. Um, uh, I really don't like spiders. Um, hmm. any other bugs are fine pretty much mm. um airwigs i'm not a real fan of airwigs but whatever yeah we kind of suck yeah they're kind. Of, you know they're the shitty insects um, <laughs> i don't like the shitty insects um but like i mean i can go outside and see a cicada or a stick bug or whatever you know and go over and, and pick it up and let it mm. crawl you know i have no problem with that um probably my biggest fear is um I do have a fear that at some point we will go through some sort of a reset. Like, and, and I don't, <laughs> I'm trying not to channel um, Marshall Applewhite here because he was obviously fucking insane. Um, but, you know, the whole, like, at some point the earth is going to reset itself because we've damaged it so much and whatever Mm -hmm. um but i feel like eventually like we're gonna get wiped out by some sort of like airborne event Mm. something is gonna happen event um like for example uh recently in china there was like two i think two people um got the bubonic plague oh i heard about that yeah which i was like where the hell did (laughs) you go to get that (laughs) Um, <laughs> but I mean like I understand that like I guess the subways in New York City like if you licked a subway platform in New York City you would probably get the plague because it's that <laughs> disgusting yeah but I mean just the idea that in China you know they have such a population density um that these two people could be afflicted with the bubonic plague of all things the black <laughs> freaking plague like, and that that concept of you know, well, it starts with two people and then it escalates mm. and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So, I mean, a lot of a lot of my fears about like airborne illnesses and stuff like that. Um, I mean, they they absolutely started getting worse when people started making movies about it, <laughs> because before the movies happened, I was like, OK, you know, yeah, I mean, this is bad you know people could become aff- afflicted with whatever and it could be transmissible and it could get really bad and then you know there was romero's day of the dead and you're like oh shit <laughs> yeah that could be heck could be really bad couldn't it um so yeah i mean i feel like popular culture has definitely exacerbated the fear that i have of that um but i mean even now like if i'm traveling on a plane i like if I'm in an airport, I don't touch my face. Um, I am constantly using hand sanitizer. I've got like the wipes and everything. Like I can't, I just, yeah. So I guess my biggest fear would probably be germs as asinine as that sounds because they're everywhere. Um, Mm. but yeah, there's just something about that. I don't know. There, there's a reset.
0: Yeah, I can understand. I mean, it's funny. I've got a friend of mine called um, Carla. She's been on the podcast before, very early on, episode seven or something. And um, she is more into sort of the macabre and, you know, uh, things that one would uh, describe as weird or morbid, these sort of things. She loves skulls and all that sort of crazy stuff. Uh, Skulls aren't that crazy. I mean, I've got skull stuff as well. Exactly. I have a few. Yeah, exactly. They're amazing and they're very interesting. And um, (laughs) it's it's the best thing. All the coolest people have skulls. And um, the. so she uh she has like a lot of um beliefs in uh she quite is into sort of numbers and numerology and she's, she's oh, okay. uh, the number three is quite a big thing for her she always mm-hmm. mentions that and as a band we like called fever three 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 and i showed it to her and she was like you knew i was gonna like these guys straight away and one of their <laughs> songs the start of it actually says what is that it, like it's a little speech thing like 20 seconds or whatever and part of it goes you know what is it about the number three it's everywhere no matter where you go and, and you can go for, right. you know it's one of those sort of get out of numerology rabbit hole but the, the point is with carla she she said several times um recently that kind of in jest but kind of not at the same time in the sense of sort of if it happens she'd be like i told you so but that doesn't mean she thinks it's 100% going to happen but some sort of events some sort of mass extinction yeah. event whether or not yeah. it's going to be humans by you know bombing ourselves or like another thing like um chernobyl but much more extreme mm-hmm. or like uh, even like asteroid or impact like if something came for us you know like what killed yeah. the dinosaurs or anything like that we're gone like we're yeah gone, right you know it's like if um, yellowstone if that erupts they think that's going to erupt yeah. the next few hundred or thousand years or whatever it's like when that does that's going to decimate a lot of america it's like yeah these little pockets of things that we obviously even don't wouldn't even know about it's like things could very easily like happen like things we don't get killed quite a lot but it, it's quite when you see about what nature can do both with disease and things like that and you've got it like you right. know the super f- the flus that are becoming like you know uh immune to antibiotics and all these sorts of uh, vaccines and uh flu i don't think would be affected by antibiotics but you know like diseases mrsa mrsa mm-hmm. that you can't you try and do anything with them and they're like super bugs now in hospitals right. they're, they're becoming immune to everything because you, you know try and get rid of them using this type of soap and then the only ones that survive are the ones that are resistant to the soap and then they start to yep. you know um, it's all that sort of jazz it's like the pandemic idea is a very real I th- i've seen like a documentary or two and sort of shows about it where they talk about it and it's like it, it, it's it's actually really scary how easy it would be for something just like swine flu and that was an epidemic over here and bird flu and all these sorts of other things. It's like, mm-hmm. they could just like, you could go through history and there's been countless times where there's just been a big, you know, there's a Spanish flu, there's the bubonic plague, mm-hmm. the Black Death, yeah. like just wipes loads of people out. And it's like, we've got better medicine now, but if we're making these super bugs that are basically resistant to everything, it's all going to take yeah. one or two things. It's just going to easily, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would, I can honestly say that probably one of the most frightening times in my life. And I mean, I've, I've gone to haunted locations. Mm. Um, I have experiences with the paranormal, you know, I've done all that. Um, but the thing that scared me the most was when, um, at my college, when I, I, I graduated with my bachelor's degree in 2013, and I think it was around um, 2011 or 2012, the H1N1, um, the swine flu. Mm. Was going around and just seeing people walking around with like the masks Mm. on their faces. And just, I mean, like for me, as somebody who is not keen on germs and whatever, and my wife, um, she has MS, so she has a compromised immune system. Mm -hmm. And for me, I mean, I was like washing my hands constantly. (laughs) I was like, I can't mentally, I I had a hard time dealing with it. And actually, I had a hard time in college that year, too because of all of that, that was going around. And then eventually, you know, it started to kind of dissipate and kind of fade into the patchwork quilt of what everyday life is. Um, but I mean, I just, I mean, I, I lost my mind a little bit because mm. I was so consumed by it. And I feel like there were a lot of other people too at the college who were like, this is crazy this is going to turn into something else. Like we have to be prepared. You know, what are we going to do if something like this happens? And they had contingency plans and like people in the dorms were starting to get, you know, the, the swine flu. (laughs) It was like a big thing. And I just, yeah, I I could not handle it. It was truly like one of the most horrifying times of my life and I've seen some shit. So (laughs) for me, that was, yeah, that was, that was something.
0: And that's the end of part one. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Uh, part two will be out next week. Um, if you're new to the show, it is released every Sunday. Um, normally the evening sort of English time, so if you're in America, I don't know, afternoon-ish, I guess. America's quite a big place. Um, and. Obviously, I want you guys to check out Janine's podcast, which is the Odd Entity podcast. I've included a link to that in the description. Um, You should also check out Corvus Review if you're a bookworm or a literary nut or any sort of other vague description of someone who likes reading. Um, Because, as I said in the start, she releases a quarterly... um, You can get all the back issues and things on the website. um, A quarterly release of... sort of, I think it's just about written works, like short stories and short... Um, there's poems in there. There's all kinds of cool stuff. I had a few brows of a, of a few of them. So if you're into that sort of jazz, make sure you go check that out. Um, I also mentioned that um, she's got an upcoming podcast called The Vanishing Hitchhiker. Um, if you go over to Odd Entity, uh, especially the website I provided, um, if you go down to September 8th, which the episode September 8th, um, it shows there is an episode called The Preview of The Vanishing Hitchhiker. So Janine basically goes through what you can sort of expect. So if you like all those sort of things, make sure you go check out Janine's stuff. Um, she's a really cool, interesting person and I'm hoping to have her on the podcast at another time in the future because we as you can tell had a great old chat and coming up I recently recorded a chat with a woman called Tracy Maxfield. Uh, Tracy is um, basically an inspirational woman. Um, she's basically spent uh, the last like five or so years making sure that she goes to schools and talks to people about bullying and things. She's uh, a big sort of proponent of people talking about mental health and all the sort of things and not just, you know, don't just give a kid pills and then leave them to it, as in, you know, antidepressants and stuff. There's a lot more to it than that. She's gone through her own experience of depression and all kinds of other stuff. She gets into it in the podcast uh, and she has written a book called... Uh, escaping the rabbit hole the rabbit hole is what she calls sort of falling into sort of depression essentially so you know if you're into that sort of thing then obviously next week is going to be uh part two of janine the week after that will probably be tracy's i've got two podcasts uh due in the next two weeks one in the coming week and one the following week um they should be really fun and cool um tracy hasn't explicitly said that she wants me to release her episode sooner or later um so it's it's i don't know uh, a lot of the time it just kind of gets to the night and i just think what do i sort of fancy releasing it this time uh so that's to look forward to. Um, I've got a few other little things in the works, but um, I think I mentioned it before. I'm just trying not to overbook myself because before what I was doing is booking like podcasts at three or four months in advance. Uh, and then, you know, some people would cancel because they either forgot or no longer could be bothered or whatever reason. Uh, and also then I'd be so unbelievably busy than if there was an opportunity to come up where someone would be like, oh, cool, can I be a guest on your show? Yeah, sure. When you free, four months down the line. No, thank you. Uh, so, I'm aware of that's how it often happens. And I'm also aware that doing ridiculously long intros is also a way to fend off anyone, any new listeners. So instead, long outro. Huzzah. Um, yeah, um, there's not the world I'm trying to think if there's anything massive to mention at the moment I keep meeting loads of new cool people but I haven't had any podcasts with these cool people yet Uh, I have mentioned I want to have a podcast with Reese at some point um, but that is something I always want to do Um, I want to have podcasts with so many different people I know because they're all such fun but obviously there's loads of people around the world who are podcasters and do other cool crazy stuff that I also want to chat to so We'll see what comes our way. We've got a few collaborations during the works. I think I'm, there's potentially two podcasts that I'm going to be uh, making appearances on, but I don't want to sort of talk about them yet because you know I don't believe in jinxing necessarily. But it's just not really good etiquette for me to say, yeah, I'm going to be on this podcast at this time, yeah, and then something fall out and not happen, and then you know that sort of jazz. Uh, and then I've also got something in the works with the guys in Comics in Motion. Um, not sure how much I will discuss at the moment, but it's you know, to do with Star Wars, so that's fun. If you're into Star Wars and you like the Star Wars collaboration-y stuff, then you're probably going to enjoy this. Um, But yeah, that's generally what it's going to be about, but I'll go into more detail of that when... It's already been confirmed, and I know I'm going to be doing it, and, you know, the guys in comics are amazing. Uh, it's more so just, I don't want to say, hey guys, I'm doing this thing, and then loads of people go, yeah, cool, we can't wait to hear it, and then me be like, oh, well, I'm not even going to record an episode for, like, another month, because I'm busy, and, you know, I <laughs> have a lot of other things to do, but um that'll be a new little addition, if you can't get enough of my voice, which anyone who knows me, but personally, will probably never, ever say that. They'll probably actually want a lot of distance, which is why most of my friends don't listen to my podcast. Um... I'm basically rambling uh, so that's normally a good time to sort of hang up the mic uh, at least temporarily so I'm going to go in a moment Um, I will just say you know thanks as always for listening I love each and every one of you listening to a podcast in any amount and especially this far into it you know normally the end is just a rambly mess of nothingness Uh, follow on Instagram Twitter and Facebook as I said in the intro uh, Instagram is usually just the best place there's snippets of uh, new episodes on there there's movie reviews there's cool photos of food and Uh, my tortoise and other such like so go there facebook is a bit more minimalist i just kind of post new episode snippets and movie reviews and then twitter i do like mini reviews because obviously 100 or 240 characters so i can't really write a full-on review in that uh so twitter is kind of sharing other podcaster stuff so if you want podcast recommendations and head over to my twitter and there will be loads of them um i think that is everything um i'm sure something will pop up that i forget and then i'll regret not putting it in and i probably still will not put it in uh, because i am tired it's on a sunday and i spent the whole weekend in wales so i am shattered uh been driving a lot i think yesterday we were driving for like seven hours in total but it was lots of fun and there's a new potential podcast guest Hazard, uh, who's a very interesting cool guy but can't get into that yet because that's not gonna happen for many many months anyway guys Thank you so much for watching, Uh, even though you didn't watch anything because you listened. And that's on YouTube, and then you just watch that little bar go up and down with the equaliser voice thingy. Um, This is far too much rambly nonsense, isn't it, for a podcast, even of my calibre. I will just say, if you're listening this far, it probably means you enjoy the show, which is good. Um, If you could, share on social media, recommend to your friends, you know, look through the back catalogue if you've only listened to this one episode or only listened to a couple of episodes, uh, because I don't really have a specific subject. I just kind of talk to whoever I find interesting. That is... You know, I've spoken to blind filmmakers, comedians, um, Magister of the Church of Satan, uh, other podcasters, authors, filmmakers, CEOs. There's all kinds of different people I've spoken to about a wide variety of different things. So be sure to check out the back catalogue to look at those sort of things. Um, basically, almost no one listens on YouTube ever. It's got like two or three views per video ish. Um, but I do put things in playlists there. So if you're a big listener and you want to know what to listen to, but you don't have to trawl through. You know, there's now more than a hundred releases. Um, So, if you don't want to trawl through all that, just go on YouTube, go on my playlists on the Genuine Chit Chat page, well, channel on YouTube, isn't it? Uh, And on there, I've put them into. I think there's comedic chats. There's ones about mental health. There's ones about travel. There's ones about movies. There's ones with fellow podcasters. There's entrepreneurial chats. I think is one of them as well. So I've kind of and sciencey ones. So that's general-ish categories to uh, listen to. So. Check those things out. Uh, Share if you can. Share if you think it deserves it. Show other people. Uh, I do really appreciate that. And spreading this by word of mouth is amazing. Uh, I love each and every one of you so very, very much. I would give you all a hug. Um, Yeah, so that's enough from me, guys. And I'll talk to you guys next week.